0: Let's say you're going to the pub later today with a friend, having some fish and chips and a cold beverage to wash it down. And let's say you know your friend well enough to wash their throat as they swallow and speak. You'll see the contraction of multiple muscles that enable the movement of the voice box, the larynx, and change various dimensions. Check it out, but try not to be overly weird when you observe your friend. You can blame me if you need to. Let's talk about these muscles in today's episode. (laughs) Bye, <laughs> bye, Now, in today's episode, we're talking about muscles that are more centrally medially located, and we'll talk about two muscles that are located anterolaterally. Uh, And so, these centrally located muscles, the ones right near the thyroid cartilage and the hyoid bone, we could divide those into those above and those uh, below the hyoid bone. So, we're going to talk about those here in just a moment, and we're going to talk about some muscles that lie lateral to the hyoid bone as well. So, we'll talk about those too. But first let's just chat for a moment about the hyoid bone uh, that we find in this area. It's um it's just superior to the thyroid cartilage also known as the Adam's apple and it's inferior to the chin. It's a floater. It's a floater bone. It doesn't actually articulate with other bones. However, there are some ligaments that attach this bone to the thyroid cartilage essentially uh, anchoring, uh, therefore, this whole complex, the larynx, as well as the windpipe, uh, to the hyoid bone. But itself, it's not articulating with other bones. And so then we have the, the muscular support in this area. So what about these muscles in this particular area? Those above the hyoid bone, the suprahyoid uh, muscles, and those uh, below the hyoid bone, the infrahyoid muscles. So this group of suprahyoid muscles that is above the hyoid bone, uh, we have. Uh, they are associated with the uh, floor of the mouth. Since they're above the hyoid bone, when they contract, they serve to elevate the hyoid bone when speaking or swallowing. So let's dive deeper into these muscles. Let's start with a muscle called the digastric muscle. This muscle actually has two bellies, also known as parts of muscles. It has an anterior belly and a posterior belly. The anterior belly, what it does is it attaches to the mental protuberance of the mandible. This is a structure found right where the left and right uh, sides of the mandible meet in the middle and also attaches to the hyoid bone. The posterior belly attaches on the mastoid process and the hyoid bone. And this muscle has two main actions. It elevates the hyoid bone and it depresses the mandible. The geniohyoid muscle attaches on the mental spines, inferior mental spines technically, which is posterior mandible near the midline, and also the hyoid bone. This is also a hyoid bone elevator. Say that uh, five times fast. Mylohyoid. The attachments are the mylohyoid line of the mandible and the hyoid bone. The mylohyoid line is a diagonal line on the posterior surface of the mandible, the lateral mandible specifically. It's larger than the other muscles we're chatting about here today, a little more sweeping, and it serves as the floor of the mouth. When it does its thing, so to speak, it elevates the floor of the mouth, and it also elevates the hyoid bone. Stylohyoid the styloid process of the temporal bone and the hyoid bone, the two attachments there. It elevates the hyoid bone too, causing the oral cavity to become more elongated. So that's kind of the name of the game here with these particular muscles. They're changing the dimensions of the oral cavity. They're anchoring other muscles. They're pulling down on the mandible, for example. So after the muscles of mastication have done their thing with chewing, then we need a facilitated process here to allow us to swallow that particular food. So now swallowing is completed, check. Let's talk about these infrahyoid muscles now. When they contract, they change the position of the hyoid bone, depressing that bone, pulling it down, and also the larynx, also depression in this case. So from medial to lateral, we have sternohyoid and then omohyoid. So the superior attachment of these muscles is the hyoid bone. Specifically, that's the insertion. And the other attachments for these muscles, what are those? So first, the sternohyoid muscle. Uh, The the name is telling you the attachments, right? So the other attachment, the origin of the muscle, is the manubrium of the sternum. It also attaches, another origin is the most medial part of the clavicle. When this muscle contracts, it's going to depress the hyoid bone. What about the omohyoid? This muscle's origin is the superior border of the scapula. Now, know that omo comes from the Greek for shoulder, so that's the scapula. When the omohyoid contracts, it will depress the hyoid bone as well. It will also fix or hold static the hyoid bone when the mouth is being opened. There are muscles further below or further uh, deep to these particular muscles. We have a muscle called the sternothyroid muscle. So, note the name, right? For all these muscles, note the name. The two attachments are the sternum and the thyroid cartilage. Its purpose is to depress the thyroid cartilage during the process of swallowing, returning it to its original position uh, post-swallowing. Thyrohyoid muscle, yet another muscle. The name is pretty clear. The thyroid cartilage is the inferior attachment, uh, the origin, and then it inserts on the hyoid bone. The action of this muscle is going to depress the hyoid bone and elevate the thyroid cartilage. Now, why is this muscle going to do this? What's the purpose of this particular action? So it enables us to close off the larynx during swallowing. Now, collectively, you should know that the omohyoid, sternohyoid, and thyrohyoid, they serve to anchor the hyoid bone when the digastric muscle is contracting, so that it can pull the mandible down, depress the mandible. Now, a couple more muscles we'll chat about today, the sternocleidomastoid and the scalenes. The sternocleidomastoid, we'll call it SCM for short, the name of the muscle tells you its attachments. The sternum, the clavicle, and the mastoid process. Well, what's up with this clido thing, professor? What's, uh, what gives with this particular name? Know that clido is Greek for bar, bolt, and so that refers to the, the shape of the clavicle and it generally refers to the clavicle. Now you have two SCMs, one on the left, one on the right. Now, if both sides contract, the result will be neck flexion. That is, you're bringing your head forward toward the front of the body. And we call that bilateral contraction. If only one side contracts, there will be lateral flexion as well as rotation of the head to the opposite side. And that is called unilateral contraction. Now, the scalene muscles, you can find these further lateral to the SCM. There's an anterior, middle, and a lateral. You could consider these weak synergists to the SCM. That is, they work with the SCM to flex the neck. Now, what about the origin of the scalene muscles? Now, we're talking about uh, the transverse processes of cervical vertebrae, and then these muscles insert on the superior surface of first and second ribs. Okay, it is time for the fast five. Five quick questions to help you crystallize this knowledge in your mind. So let's start with the true or false. In general, the suprahyoid muscles elevate the hyoid bone during speaking or swallowing. That would be true. True or false? The thyrohyoid muscle depresses the thyroid cartilage. That is false. False. The thyrohyoid muscle elevates the thyroid cartilage. How would you describe the unilateral action of the SCM? Now that would be lateral flexion and rotation of the head to the opposite side. So uh, flexion or contraction of the right SCM, lateral flexion to the right side, but rotation of the head toward the left side. The attachments of the SCM include the sternum, the mastoid process, and the, and fill in the blank here. If you said clavicle, that would be correct. In this particular episode, which muscle has two bellies? And you would say the digastric muscle for that question. Thanks for listening to the episode today. Hope you got what you needed from this content. A couple questions for you as we close. One, would you take a minute to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast? That would help other people like you find the podcast and get the info they need to listen to know if the podcast is a good fit or not. Also, would you share the podcast with someone you know could benefit? Both would be uh, certainly greatly appreciated. And thanks again for listening. I'll let you get back to it, and I'll do the same. So until the next episode drops, all the very best. Good luck with your stud in, and I'll see you later.